Motown rundown. Welcome back. Today is Thursday, June 2nd. No, we did not end the podcast. We were not canceled. I know it's been a while. Trent seems to think the last episode was posted on May 6th. It sure feels like it's been a while. We've missed a lot. We have Say a lot that of with such skepticism. Like I, I seem well, to think it was you are the to... you are the keeper of the pot, you are the gatekeeper of the podcast. You are the one that posts it so that people can listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, like, favorite, whatever. Say something nice about us in the comments. Leave a nice review. But I digress. You are the one that keeps all that information. So I don't mean to doubt you, but I I, I was gonna say three weeks. To me, it's it felt like it's been at least two to three weeks. This is probably the longest time we've gone in between podcasts, maybe in the history of the show. But I feel like a lot's been going on. It's one of those things. Look, everyone's busy. Um, we'll talk about some personal stuff we got to get into. Um, but it, it, I know it's been a while, but whatever. We're here. We're back. It doesn't matter how long we take off because we always come back. We're kind of like chicken pox. Well, you can only get chicken pox once, can't you? Isn't that the thing? Or if you get it. <laughs> Well, you yes. get chicken pox once, and then at a certain age, it becomes shingles. Yes. Yeah. It, so we're it, around. We're those COVID, commercials. This is, the co- this is the podcast of, I don't want to be affiliated with. No, COVID. no. You see I'll those commercials. It's like, it's like, you know. If Mesothelioma. You, if we're you like that. chicken pox, the shingles virus is already living inside. I do want to say this before we move on, because I want to I, I want to toss Rabs the banter for some very serious stuff before serious we stuff. get going. I do want to throw this out there. This will be our first episode, not under the Impact 89 FM umbrella. We do have to say our thank yous to Impact 89 yes. FM for yes. four. It would be four and a half, more like five, four and a half, five great years of the Motown Rundown. Thank you for giving us our start. I will say yes. that. Ryan Rabinowitz founded it. If you have any words you'd like to give. Boss. Dude, that's Trent. That's a good point that you bring up. And I think it's important to discuss. So Trent, by the time, hold on, let's back up. May 6th, you had already graduated, correct? You went through the ceremony? Oh, we did not oh, talk about that? Graduation oh. was May... I, I don't remember. I, I think graduation was May 8th, so it was like two days after that. Okay, so let's... I, I want to talk about that. Well, we'll it, it that. doesn't need to be talked about. I'm graduating. No, what I'm, I wanna, I'm looking for have, a job. <laughs> so look, here's the thing. Here's the thing to the people listening. Let's, let's completely take two steps back. We're already off the rails. Welcome back to the Motown Rundown. So on today's episode, we do need to cover briefly the NHL draft lottery occurred, the NBA draft lottery occurred. There's been a little bit of coaching rumors buzz in the Red Wings camp. We'll talk about that briefly. This episode is going to be pretty much all Tigers. So if you're not a Tigers fan, if you don't like baseball, if you want to stick around for the banter, great. We'd love to have you, but that's just what we're doing today. But we have a lot of things to catch up on. So before we get into all the personal stuff and the things that we want to talk about before we get into all things Detroit sports, because that is what we do here on the Motown Rundown. Trent made a very good point that I didn't even think of. As he said, this is our first podcast no longer being under the umbrella of Impact 89 FM WDBM, which is the student radio station at Michigan State University. I have all the thanks in the world that I need to give to that radio station, to the school, to Jeremy, the GM over there at WDBM, anyone that we ever worked with. There were, and I can't even, I wish I had names, but people helped us with logos. I feel like Maddie Farrell, I should shout her out for helping us get our logo created. Um, Ryan Cole, who, who put our, our intro and outro together for us for a while before we were told to take it down for copyright violations. 
Uh, that's neither here nor there. But anyone and everyone that was a part of that radio station that that gave myself the platform to do something in this podcast that I've always wanted to do. And anyone that knows me knows that I could sit down and talk about Detroit sports all the live long day. And that's what we do here on the podcast. Impact 89 FM gave me the platform to, I mean, as bare bones as using the equipment of being able to go in the studio and hook my laptop up and set up the Facebook live and record and get this podcast rolling and give up, get us on Spotify and get us on Apple podcasts. And of course, bringing you guys along. If I wasn't a part of that radio station, I would have never met you guys. So all the thanks in the world to that group, the people that make it run. I I have always said that one of the things I love about, about the radio and the broadcasting world is I feel like it's almost like its own island of misfit toys of these kids that are just so creative and artistic and, and, and just awesome, awesome people that I would never cross paths with in my in my daily life that I got a chance to know and just some of the most talented people you could ever meet. And a lot of those people helped make this podcast possible. So we would not be where we are without them. But I do think this is a very exciting chapter in the life of the Motown rundown, because now we can start looking at things like advertisements and branching out a bit more and maybe not having to be as buttoned up about the things we say and don't say, and not that there's any type of censorship that that station did for us for any reason, but the possibilities are now legitimately endless. Now the ball's in our court. We don't have the backing and I'll always have the support of that group, but we're on our own now. So we're flying the coop where our wings are spread and we're, we're ready to fly here. So thank you to the impact team and everyone at that radio station. But on the heels of that trend, as you said, the reason why we are now officially off, off the wagon as you have now officially graduated from Michigan State University. I know we talked about it leading up to that, but um, you're graduated now. You're an alumni, alumnus, whatever. So how was the day? How was the day? And how has life been since uh, since graduation? The day was great. I have to give a shout out to Hikaru Kudo, our good friend, friend of the program. I saw him at the commencement ceremony. I saw him for the first time in probably over a year and a half, and it was great to see him. So that that honestly was one of the highlights of my commencement. It was good to see Hikaru. H-Man, shout out. Worth the price of admission. Shout out. And uh, that night, this is unbelievable. Both of my roommates left that night, and my family. Went home? The ba- they, well, George had his family all came and they all wanted to go out to the bars in GR. So they all came home and then Spencer, my other roommate, he's a junior. So he just didn't, he didn't like, you know, he was already gone. Uh, wait, is your house gone? Is it your rent? No, I have, I have it till August. So here's the thing. My family yeah. took over the Gunson house on graduation night. My family, oh, that's died. a lot of fun. We all stayed there for one night only. We, it was a lot of we were, We pulled out the Lansing Lug Nuts beer bat. We were playing like in, in, indoor wiffle ball with the ping pong ball. It was an absolute shit show. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, ever, not, Colin said, welcome to hell. That's pretty much right. Now I'm like looking for jobs and like. It's not that bad. Constantly on edge, constantly no money, just like, you know, trying to do my thing. But it's great. So I, I appreciate it, Ravs. I am officially an alumnus of the greatest school in the country, uh, in the world, at that. In the galaxy, in honor of Obi-Wan Kenobi and the fantastic show that that is right now. Um, and that's all I got to say. I, that's all I got to say. Thank you very much, and go green forever. Of course. Go green forever. I will say on the heels well, what's of it that. Called? I'll... Go ahead, Count. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> on me. Bad bounce. Go. 
What's it called? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I went low about for a little bit. Um, you're fine. I was just gonna say, Trent. Just, I will say, the first fall not being up there was the goddamn worst. And then other than that, it's fine. Yeah, you kind and of you'll be fine. In. Yeah, no, I'll I'll settle. Yeah, in. but like I'm just I'm warning you. I'm preparing you. Like this, like just get through next fall, and it doesn't really matter. After that, you're like over it. This is why because when you start I seeing like, Snapchats of people at like seven a.m. And they're just like already up, like they're like already boozing, and oh my god, it's just yeah, the jealousy reach. But yeah, hey, congrats, dude. By the way, I mean, you had an actual graduation though, which sucks, kind of. Must Doesn't be nice. Suck, but... No, I know what you're saying. It, I, I, I perhaps again, you don't want. I, I, we had this argument at the last time. It would have been nice for your parents to see the graduation. You would not have enjoyed a three-hour graduation in the Breslin. It's not fun. I don't know. It was fine. It just, yes, Collins, you're, it, it's funny you bring that up, and I, I don't even want to talk about this because no one really gives a shit, but basically it was the whole ComArts College, and they go, they wrap around the Breslin, right? Like the on the floor, the students are in what would be the Izone, and it's like, or the graduates, I should say, are, are in what would be the Izone, and journalism was dead last in the majors. for. So I, I literally had to wait from seven to nine to walk across stage. But it was fine. It was fine. Someone's got to be last. Someone's got to do that. Collins, I appreciate you preparing me for next fall. This yeah, year for fall. fall. Because, look, I this is why I always love this, because I have my big brother, Brock, who's Collins' age, but then I have my bonus big brothers and you guys who kind of get me ready for the real world as we go. It's always been stair steps. It's like Rabs did it first, then Collins and Brock, and now me. I, I get to I get to walk easy, knowing all that kind of stuff. Stairway to heaven. That's good. <laughs> good way to put it, Rabs. I did renew my season tickets for Michigan State football, so I will be up there. Uh, Keep chopping. I'm getting mine too, so I'll chopping. be there. Um, as one door closes, another one opens. I got to give a shout out to my brother, Zach, who as of tonight is officially a graduate of Novi high school. Um, that ceremony okay. wasn't as painful as I thought I was, I was sitting there complaining to the people next to me the whole time that we're going to be locked in here for three hours. They got it. They got it done in about two and some change brilliantly though. As soon as they started playing the school fight song right after the, I stayed for the alma mater as soon as I started playing the fight song, I was out the door. I was gone. My mom actually texted me when I was like 10 minutes away from EMU. That's where they had the uh, ceremony. She's like, hey, where are you at? We're taking pictures. And I'm like, mom, I'm halfway home. I'm gone. Thank you very much. So I got genius play by me. Uh, veteran move. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? I'll get this out of the way now on one more personal note thing, which was not, not that I'm a big excuse guy, but one of the reasons why we did take a long time between podcasts I do want to dedicate this podcast to my my dog Rocco, who has crossed over the Rainbow Bridge as of a couple weeks ago. I don't really remember when the date was because I feel like since then it's all just been a blur. But I don't know if you guys have Colin. You have a dog, right? You guys got pets. Any no, my dog pets? died. Oh, really? Great. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Sorry. It's a dog. Um, but hey, I I feel like this is one of those things, and I what I appreciate a lot about this podcast is. Like as much as we're on here just talking about sports and kind of shooting the shit, like we are, we are good friends away from the podcast as well. So I always feel comfortable and I appreciate the fact that we get to talk about real life stuff sometimes on the pod. And I, I got to tell you, in my 24 years on this earth, I've been a very, very lucky man to really not have to endure 
a lot of loss, at least at least loss that has been close to home. And so this for me, as we had to put our dog down, our dog Rocco down um, a couple weeks ago, probably the biggest loss that I've had in my life. And to some people who don't have dogs or don't have pets, it might, you know, I, I don't know how people perceive this of like, oh, you're crazy. It's just a pet, whatever. To give you some context, we have a we have a board, like one of those artsy, artsy little uh, canvas things that my mom hangs in the house that has the birthdays of everyone that lives in the house. So me, my brother, my dad, my mom, my mom and dad's anniversary day. And we also have Rocco's birthday on there, too. So I think that just goes to show how much he meant to the family. And I believe he was he actually had just turned 11 like a week before he ended up passing away. So I'm glad he got to see 11. Um, and you just, you just kind of go back and think of like, damn, we've had that dog for 11 years. And it's just crazy to think of how much of, of my life he's been a part of. And in a certain respect, dogs get kind of taken for granted because they're just kind of like those tertiary characters that are a part of everyday life. But when you really take time to go back and think about it, and I always appreciate the thing about Rocco and really any dog is like you come home from work or you come home after a bad day and you know, your dog greets you at the door the same way and he's happy to see you. And, you know, it just it, like when, when life gets tough and, you know, it, that's a, it's always a form of unconditional love that the dogs give you. And, you know, Rocco was, was no different in that respect. And um, just a ton of great memories I have with him. And it was a really, really tough day, man. It was a tough, tough time leading up to us having to eventually make the decision to put him down. Um, he had he ended up having cancer. And we had to stop the chemo treatment because it wasn't working and he was just slowing down. And it's tough because dogs can't talk to you, obviously. So it's like, you know, are you making the right decision? Are you, are you pulling the plug too early? Was it, was it too late? You know, and all you can really do as crazy as it sounds is, you know, in his final moments, just kind of like talk to him. Like I, I was just like, I was thanking him, telling him how much I loved him. And it was a really sad day to, to see him go, but a tremendous life for, for Rocco Rabinowitz. Um, I'm very appreciative of the people that reached out to me in support because again, as crazy as it sounds to, to some people, it, you know, it, it really took a toll on, on myself and, and my family, but um, I'm, I'm happy to at least believe in my heart of hearts that he's wherever he may be is he's, he's fully healthy and back to uh, the Rocco that we knew and loved for the majority of his life when he was um, you know, he was at a hundred percent. So um, miss him very much. Love him very much. Um, we still have Louie around here who definitely misses his brother, but, um, we're getting through it. So I was waiting, podcast, I was waiting for you to shout out my Louis. dog Rocco. Yeah. Louie's still around, man. He was definitely a little bit, a uh, little bit upset. You could tell, um, looking for his brother, but, um, he's the star of the show now. And I'm glad that we have him to, uh, you know, keep us happy and never forget. I, I look, I was one of those kids where, I used to beg my parents for a little brother and, you know, God willing one day that ended up happening as I come to find out later that it's more complicated than I thought it was going to be. Um, and then once, once I got Zach in the picture, then it became, Hey, you know, we want a dog and I'll never forget driving out to Pinconning, Michigan. Um, and his name was Sarge. Sarge was his name when we first picked him up. Um, and we played with them out in the field. They got great cheese in Pinconning, by the way, ever had Pinconning cheese? Um, played with him out in the field, brought him home, immediately took a dump when he, we brought him in the house. Um, and from there, it was 11 years of memories and trying our best to get him trained. And it never really worked. He knew how to sit and lay down. Um, and that was about it. But he was just a tremendous dog and love him so much. Going to miss him. But 
podcast is dedicated to Rocco. So thank you guys for letting me have that great piece there name. on, a, on yep. a personal note. That um, is a great dog name. You guys spelled it awesome too. R O C C O Rocco yep. and Louie, like you're like the good fellas, like in the mob. Yep. So good stuff. Yeah. Um, Rocco. Pour one out for Rocco. Cheers. Pour one out for Rocco. Um, what else we got, guys? Yeah, I I could I could talk all oh, there's a million things I feel like we missed, but well, Collins is just sitting on his hands over there. Like Collins, Collins what's going on? Yeah. You got anything, Collins? Anyone die in your life recently or no? <laughs> no. My sister had a kid. That was basically it. Whoa. Yeah. So hey, oh yeah, hey, you're an Collins. uncle. Uncle Ryan. Uncle Collins. Yep. That's basically what's the, it. What's so. the persona? Let me let me ask you as someone. I mean, you're you're in a unique position. You got older siblings and you know, you're a young guy that's now an uncle. What's, what's the persona you're taking on? Like what, what do you want uncle Collins or uncle Ryan to be about? What's your stick? Are you the guy that every I mean, time the baby, the baby's like three weeks old? Well, so. I know, but you got to start planning it out. Like, is it, are you going to be the uncle? Like every time you see the kid, you slip him a 20, like don't tell your parents spend it, you know, don't spend it all in one place. Like one of those guys. I don't know. We'll see. It, 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 I mean, it depends what type of lifestyle I'm living at the time. If I'm like by my like, same like a single guy and just like having an apartment or something, like yeah, I mean, we'll we'll let it loose probably than mom and dad. But like I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I've, I I was joking about this. I'll be the uncle he just say like, hates and he's like <laughs> this guy stinks just as a joke. But I don't think that's that funny of a joke. Um, Collins, here's what you should do. Move. I don't know. Just, I don't. Know. I actually have no idea. Hey, stay yeah, single. No stay single. Move to Phoenix, and then you'll be Uncle Steve. Oh, you'll be Uncle then, Steve. Then, then Uncle Steve was just in town. <laughs> well, you got to tell us about that before we go into anything else. Yeah, well, Uncle Steve was in town, and I guess we can we can talk more about it as we roll into the. I mean, he went to. I think we went to four Tigers games, right? He came in, and we went to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday's game, by the way, I don't know if you guys remember this, the game that got rained out. I don't want to I talk w- about it, Rabs. I don't want to. You talk were there about too, it. weren't you? I saw that. You I, 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 I mean, there wasn't a drop of rain. It was, didn't rain one time. Never rained. And the fact that they didn't start that game made zero sense. Well, we it were was, walking. <laughs> it was, I was literally walking from Midtown to go and then I was like, okay, it's delayed. And then we're, we're like, okay, let's get a beer. And then as we're walking to the stadium, it's Straight up, they're like, oh, this game has been postponed. Looking at the thing, even if it was going to rain, it was going to start raining at like 8. It yeah. didn't make any sense. Any sense. I was and the walking, Tigers have played a million doubleheaders already. I was wow. walking down Woodward, and these two random guys came up to us. We were It was like 15 minutes before first pitch. And these two random guys were like, ah, game got canceled, guys. And I'm like, what like what like what are you talking about? Is there like a bomb threat? Like, there's no rain. It's perfect outside. And sure enough, I go on Twitter and it was canceled. And then everyone was just bitching in the street. I, I couldn't believe it was the most asinine thing. I wanted you to stay down there, Rabs. Well, we went to we went to Hockey Town Cafe and had a I, I shouldn't say I it wasn't the best meal. I gotta be careful because I think that the Illiches might own that property. So I gotta clean it up here a little bit but um, a subpar meal. And then we just went home because that was it. And I, it never rained once. The temperature was fine. It was a bit windy. I'm convinced that there was some, must've been some type of like leak or there was a bomb threat or something was going on. And the fact that they postponed the game to July 4th, who's going to that game? Oh, dude, I don't, I, again, Rabs, shout out to Rob. We're supposed to, Rob Rob moved to Madison, and it was like his la- second to last day in town. 
Wow. And we're like, okay, we're going to the Tiger Stadium. And it got rained out. By the way, well, that makes July me sad. 4th is – That makes me sad. At, first of all, I don't know why they didn't just play it on Sunday. Yeah, they were already in town. I don't know. It didn't make any sense. But, I mean, I guess it, I mean, I guess the Tigers were like, hey, we're about to play a five-game set with a doubleheader with the Twins. We can't really just – we don't want to kill our pitching staff. So, I understand that. It made no sense. I was down there all night, and it didn't rain once. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. But yeah, Uncle Steve was in town for that. Played a, played a couple rounds of golf with him. That was a good time. Good to see him. Um, what else? Should we just roll into it? I got a couple. I mean, I, there's a couple other things yes. that I wanted to talk about. Maybe we can save it later. I wanted to talk about Stranger Things. I wanted to talk about Top Gun, too. You want to talk about the, the Zach Ryan album? Is that the other thing? Oh, my God. I haven't watched Zach. Top Gun yet. We're not talking about it. That's fine. I The only thing I was going to say about Top Gun I watched the original Top Gun for the first time in its entirety. I've seen. Okay, so don't, if you're going to say shit, don't even come on here. We won't even talk about it because I, I don't respect your opinion. You don't, you thought that was a good movie. Well, did you watch it for the first time? Yeah. Okay, then then don't even tell We don't even need to talk about Top Gun Maverick then because I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Well, you haven't you seen think Top, Top Gun's Maverick? a bad movie, the original? I think it's I. This is what I will say about Top Gun. You ready for this? I want this on the record. Everyone listening? Yeah. I'm I listening. think the original. I think the original Top Gun movie might go down in history as the most overrated movie that has ever been made. Okay, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're <laughs> With done. the podcast or the Top Gun talk? Maybe about. Maybe I don't know. I, I. That's just an asinine statement. Are you a free agent? No, I. But dude, you like it. You wait, listen, sound. listen, listen, listen. I have a funny story about this. I have a funny story about this, real quick. I have never seen the original Top Gun. I saw it's on Netflix. Watch I, it. I, I, no, it's Colin, off now. It took it off on on May thirty first. Collins, you will appreciate this. Over the weekend, I I saw Maverick with my family. We all saw it on Memorial Day. It was awesome. But here's the thing: they were all like on my ass about seeing the first one first, and I said, "No, I'll tell you the whole story." And I did. I ran through the whole story and nailed everything because it's just on TV so much that you see like it's a bit time rewatchable. And, and I've got an uncle, shout out Uncle Tom. You just hear like details here and there, and you kind of piece the story together. And I knew everything that happened in Top Gun. So I went in and I saw Top Gun Maverick. I thought it was fantastic. I won't spoil it for Collins because you got to get to the theater and see it. I, I'm spo- I was supposed to go tonight and we ended up not going. But um, what's it called? Oh, sorry. No, no, it's yeah, it's whatever. I um, record the podcast. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, do you gotta do? Um, first of all, I love Tom Cruise and I love like mid 80s Tom Cruise. I don't know if you guys ever seen a movie Cocktail. I mean, maybe oh. the best bad movie of all time. I love that movie. Cocktail. I had a poster in my room in college of the cocktail movie poster. Um, Top Gun's a fantastic movie, Rebs, and don't tell me it's overrated because it's just an absolute and I guess Maverick's like awesome. Like this, the the movie that just came out is nasty. So I'm not saying it's not going to be better than that or whatever. But Top Gun for like an 80s like drama, fantastic, great music. But I feel like you say that ironically, like for an, I don't for an 80s ironically. drama. I you don't you didn't enjoy it. It is so enjoyable. Here's the things I like. I love Top Gun. I loved I loved the music. I think the original score is great. I think the music they use is great. I'm all for the America patriotism. I think the scene with the planes is way all, any of the combat scenes with the planes is way ahead of its time. It's great. I just think the movie is boring. I think the dialogue stinks. 
I don't think the acting's all that great. And I think it's potentially the cheesiest movie ever. And maybe that's why people, but like the thing, the whole thing to me, Collins, I had expectations like the Godfather. I've never seen the Godfather, but. Well, then then you're coming into it wrong. It's an action movie. It's like, what is it? But people talk about Top Gun. It's still a very socially like people. People wear no Top one says Gun Top shirts. Gun is like an Academy Award movie, right? right? Which is maybe that I was misinformed going yes. in. Yes, because I, yeah. I I always thought that Top Gun was this very socially relevant big time movie. People wear the shirts. People dress yeah, up as Maverick for movie. Halloween. It's a great flick. I don't I, using the word great to describe that movie is criminal. Well, I, you're I, college I, educated. You are college educated and you're saying that. I don't, I just disagree. So what's the call? Anchorman's oh, a great movie. It, it's not winning an Academy Award. <laughs> but Anchorman is, Anchorman's great because it's like, oh, that's funny. It's great. Like, but it's not great. It's not an objectively great movie. For this, okay, we're not, I'm not even going to this. So well, Rev, if I was, did you see the new one or not? I did see the new one, but to, to, hang on a second. If I was born in 1986, Collins, and I saw, or not born in 1986, if I was around in 1986 to see that movie, I I know I would have loved it in theaters. I get that. It's this, this, it's, I'm in the wrong, I, I shouldn't have seen it. I mean, I can't help it. I was born when I was born, but I'm, the point being is I, I understand that if I were to see it when it came out, I would have different thoughts. I did see the new one. The way I would describe it, because this movie was getting pumped up like like ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, it, unbelievable. I do think seeing the original like right before this one got me a little bit more hype, and I do think that I I really did appreciate the similarities in it. I don't want to give too much away for Collins. I would not say that Top Gun Maverick is a must see movie. I would not say it's a really good movie. I would say it's a pretty damn good movie that I had a great time watching in the theater in the super Emacs. Not a big deal. Paid a little bit of extra coin. Paul Glance is has, has been captive in his business well, model. Let's move on before we Collins has to see it. Now we, we can revisit this next week yeah, before we, we lose, this, before yeah. we lose it's every a, listener that we already haven't yeah. lost because we've we been talking for a half hour. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Fair enough. We'll move on. Sorry about it. Let's get into the sports. That's why we're here. Trent, we're going to have to make sure we timestamp this because I can already tell people are like going to be tuning out and not going to listen to the rest oh, of the Oh, we show, will. So. We will. The only times I don't timestamp it are, well, actually, it's like nights like tonight where we don't finish till one and I just go to bed. Right. right. I, I will make sure to timestamp this one. Okay. Promise. Getting into the Detroit sports because it's what we do here on the Motown Rundown. To back up a bit, again, we missed several weeks real quickly. As far as the Red Wings front is concerned, I think the last time we spoke, we were looking ahead to the NHL draft lottery. The NHL draft lottery has taken place. The Red Wings were positioned based on their odds to pick eighth. They will pick eighth. They did not move back. They did not move up because why would they? Um, It feels like every single year the Red Wings are either staying put or moving back. I don't really remember the exact percentage of what their chance was at the number one overall pick. It really, it wasn't going to happen as the bottom line. Um, so they will select eight. If you're a Red Wings fan, I don't think you should care because Steve Eiserman has shown you that it doesn't matter where they pick because in the last couple drafts, they've really gotten two of probably the two best players in the draft so far, based on what you've seen um, in the small sample size that Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider have played. Um, on this Red Wings team. So um, they will pick eighth. 
We can talk about draft prospects, who they should take, whatever. We can do that at a later time as the draft gets closer. Um, I won't bore you with all of that today. Um, I do think I mentioned that perhaps, I don't know if the information was out last podcast, but Mo Sider is up for the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year. Um, If I was a betting man, which I am, I do believe he will win it. The fact that Michael Bunting is up for this award I think is absolutely criminal because the guy might as well be 35 years old. He's already played professional hockey and he's like, he's literally 26. So that's a whole debate for a rainy day about what should qualify you as a rookie and what shouldn't. Then again, Alex Ndelkovich was also considered a rookie this year. So I guess I can't talk out of both sides of my mouth there. Um, the only other thing, the coaching search continues for the Red Wings. Um, Barry Trotz is a name that came up as apparently the Red Wings have interviewed him. That's come from a couple different sources. I don't know if it's been confirmed or not, so I probably shouldn't be talking about it if it's not confirmed. But nonetheless, um, Barry Trotz, I, I, you're kind of scratching your head if you if you follow the NHL as to why he was let go in New York. Um, but I think that every team in the league that needs a coach is going to be interviewing Barry Trotz. The, the potential landing spots for him, I could see him winding up in Winnipeg because I believe he's from there. And they have a coaching vacancy as well. Um, for the for the time being, I, I think that we can buy another week of time on this podcast before I talk about um, potential coaching hires. Paul Maurice comes to mind if he's still interested in coaching. Um, but I don't want to bog this podcast down talking about that kind of stuff. So maybe we'll save that for next week. Um, other small moves that were made. Taro Hirose signs a two-year extension. Um, I believe it's a minor league contract. Uh, at least dog. it's a... It's a it's a two-way deal. So um, good for him. That's definitely earned the right to play in the AHL for the Red Wings. Um, to me, not a full-time NHLer by any means. I don't think he ever will be, but that's a nice piece to have in your AHL system. I believe Stephen Camper got signed too by the Red Wings um, for a, a, a one-year deal as one of those kind of stopgap guys that can uh, complete your back end there uh, as, as, a, as a veteran presence. He played in the KHL this last year. Um, I won't spend too much time on that because it doesn't really mean all that much to me. All that says to me is that Mark Stahl will most likely not be coming back. Danny DeKaiser will not be coming back. It seems like since you're uh, kind of filling that six, seven spot with another veteran guy for cheap. So we'll move on from wings. I think the bigger story, as far as the draft lotteries were concerned, um, the Detroit Pistons who had a top three chance at the number one overall pick, make a slide back down to fifth. When this happened, I know we had some discussion about it within our group chat. Um, I know Trent, you might've thrown out the classic Detroit versus everybody. And I know that you were probably bitter in the moment. Um, and of course, any, any time you have, I mean, you have one of the, the, really the best percentage of odds of getting a number one overall pick. And not only do you not get number one overall, you don't stay in the top three and you move back to five. So definitely frustrating from the standpoint of what you kind of set yourself up to do in this draft from my perspective, but, and I think that you guys will agree with me and I I will give you guys the floor as well to speak on this. Um, I will say that the fact that you got Cade Cunningham first overall and you hit big time on him, I don't think any of it matters. You're still getting the top five pick. I don't think anyone knows what they're doing in the top five this year with all these guys. And I think that you're still going to get a very quality player with whoever you get at five. And you just got to trust that Troy Troy Weaver knows what he wants. Um, And I think you'll be just fine there. But obviously there was some outrage about the pick sliding back to five. It's a disaster. And anyone who says otherwise is – and, and I'm not saying it's the end of the world that you still get a nice player at five. 
I, it's, I, oh, okay, Collins. And the reason why it. it's um, a disaster is they're not going to be in the lottery, and they're not going to be this have this opportunity. I don't think for a while. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs next year, but they're probably going to be like in a nine to ten range. Like they're going to be better next year. Like if you have expectations for Kate Cunningham, he will take a step. And for them not to be able, and I'm sorry if you watch college basketball this year, there's a drop off after the top three. There just simply is. And I'm not saying whoever they pick cannot like. No, let's turn it off. Oh, Collins, Collins, you're level. right. You're right. Give the names: it's Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro, and Jabari Smith. Those are your yeah, top and three. Yeah, and those are all positions of need for this franchise. And it's just. I'm not saying it's not like the end of the world. I'm not saying that, but it's a disaster. It is a disaster. The fact that you missed an opportunity to get a guy who has the ceiling to be another, another guy like Kate, like Paulo could be like on Kate's level. Like Chuck could be on Kate's level. So could Jabari, all three of those guys. There's other guys in this draft, like Ivy and Keegan Murray, like in shade on sharp out of Kentucky. There's some guys I like wherever I just, all I wanted was top three. I'm not asking for number one pitch. And for them to drop two, I think is just – it sucks. It does suck. And, and anyone who's acting like it's no big deal, I don't think you've been paying attention to this draft because it's a clear drop-off after three. So, I don't know. Rabs, I get what you're saying, though. Well, it's sorry, like, I, I, I was just trying to – my family's all up and I'm trying to get everyone to be quiet for a second. Here's my thing. Collins, you gave a great perspective on, like, why the top three mattered. Because it did. It definitely did. And the fact that the Pistons had top three odds makes it worse because it's like they should have either Chet Holmgren, Paul Van Carroll, Jabari Smith. The reason I have a little bit different of approach on it is 90% because I'm an optimist, optimistic, ridiculous, you know, Detroit sports fan. And the 10% of it is that I think it's a matter of perspective because I think the people, and this is not a shot at Collins at all, the people who are calling it a disaster are just the people that kind of want to tank here and there. Like, they're like, you know, you got to root for the team to lose, this, that, the other, which I've never been a fan of. I don't condemn it because I understand it. My thing is it's factually called a lottery. You won it last year, and I know no one's disputing that. I'm just saying you weren't so lucky this year. The Pistons have historically never been. Last year when you won with Cade Cunningham was the first time they ever even moved up, period, let alone win it. So I'm just saying, like, there are na- you got Kate, and that's kind of where we stand. And Collins, you're right. We can talk about names. You know, we've got until I think mid July is the draft. So I like Keegan Murray personally because you know I him and Shadon Sharp are. Uh, it looks like Shadon Sharp and Keegan Murray are going to be four or five interchangeably, whatever. But you're right, Collins. The top three are set in stone, and it just sucks that you're not going to get one of those guys. Look, I was never high on Chet. I was never super high on Paolo either, but it's just like you obviously want one of those three. You don't want to just come out with after the season you had, disappointing, didn't hit the Vegas over-under win total, blah, 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 this, that, the other thing. You go into the lottery with Tom. It just was disappointing. Like, Rabs, to answer your question, I did pull a little bit of the Detroit versus everybody BS. I smacked the floor. I dropped an F-bomb, and I moved on in life because I was like, you know what? They won it last year. And now I just got to trust Troy Weaver. And that's where I'm it, at. It's it's truly not that in the world, but it still is a disaster. I'm sorry. That, okay. It, okay. That's a better way to know my reason is, that's and I said it earlier, and I think we're on the same page here. They're not going to have an opportunity for a top five pick. I don't think for the next like, decade. 
No, and I agree with you. And that's why that's why I, I think that's a better way to phrase it is it's not the end of the world, but it's definitely made sense harder. You gotta be yes, it makes things a lot harder because you could have added a potential, you know, surefire all-star in their second year. Yeah. Whereas now you're looking at like a project like Keegan Murray or Shadon Sharp wasn't. I don't think I, I don't think Murray's a project. We can talk about the process later. I have a lot of taste. I the only thing I'll say is the Pistons take Jaden Ivy. I don't know what I'm gonna do because that's one of my least favorite players. Last time, oh, we're on the same time. page there. That'll be a fun conversation down the road because I'm I'm with you. On that. I, like the thing about Ivy for Ivy to work, he needs ball in his hand, and I just am not down to the idea of just throwing a high pick and roll with Ivy and like making Kate a spot at like and just doing that given like I don't I don't want to see that. I really don't that give and take between those two. Um, but yeah, I mean. They're going to be good. I, I'm not saying they're going to be awesome next year, but, like, I expect Cade to take a step. I expect, like, Sadiq to take another step. I expect Isaiah Stewart. I expect whoever they take at five is going to help them out. Yeah, they're going to bring think, back Bagley, hopefully. Yeah, they're going to – it sounds like they're going to spend some money to improve this team, and whatever they do, the trade grant, which I think is going to happen before the draft, yep. like, this yep. seems to be better. That's why I – it was just disappointing not to have another one of those blue-chip guys, but – Hey, it is what it is. We can move on. And we're going well, to talk yeah, about your the point, Collins. I mean, to your well, point, yes, you're right. They're going to win more games. That's why it sucks, because when you look in the big picture, it's like they're not going to get that position. They they better not. You know what I mean? Like, they better not, unless, you know, God forbid, there's a big Kate Cunningham injury or something. Like, they're not going to be in the top three odds next year. I think they're going to be a playing team. And we'll have tons of time to talk about that. So, yeah, we can move on. Okay, so I guess that wraps up everything that's not Tigers today. So um, we can get right into it, guys. Um, I think for the rest of the episode, I, however long this goes, we do have a lot to catch up on the Tigers, and I am prepared to do that today. I do have fighting words I want to bring to the table. And now I will say before I get into all of this, if we were recording this podcast, I would even say as soon as a week ago, a couple of days ago, two weeks ago, I think the message and the intensity for me is very, very different. And I say that because as we sit here today on June 2nd, the Tigers have taken four out of five with a series win against the Minnesota Twins who lead the AL Central. So the Tigers are red hot. They're seven and three in their last 10 games. And the narrative right now, it's, I don't, I don't want to be the guy that takes this last 10 games and immediately flips my opinion on this team because I do think there are a lot of flaws to this team and I'll get into all of it, but I would be remiss if I did not at least tip my cap to the fact that the offense has found something, a little bit of something in the past 10 games and they've won some baseball games. I mean, they're the tigers are very, very lucky. They play in the AL central because the division right now is a dumpster fire. And to be honest with you, I don't think the Twins are all that much better than the Tigers. When you look Twins at the also, list, I think every good player they have is hurt right now. Okay, well, this, a lot of t- a lot of your Tigers players are hurt. No, 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 Rabs. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that too. I'm just saying the Twins are going to struggle here. They're banged up. Man. Yeah. So it's I, I don't. Just, I'm going to give credit where credit is due to the Tigers for for at least piecing things together. Now. I watch a ton of Tigers baseball. I, I try to watch every single pitch. So I like to think that I'm relatively well-informed. Um, but Tigers right now, as we sit, just to kind of get on the same page, they're 21 and 30. They are seven and three in their last 10. As I said, they are currently eight games back of the Minnesota twins as we sit here today. So 
I have, I have several angles that I want to attack this. And I, I really have one, one major point, I guess, that I, that I want to harp on, but the bottom line for this team is that the, the hitting from this lineup has been absolutely abysmal. And yes, as I just mentioned in the last week or so in the last 10 games, it's been really good. And I can point to certain things in the lineup of why I think it's been really good and why I don't have a lot of faith that it will continue because of the man in charge of putting the lineup together every day, but the hitting has been bad and the pitching has been tremendous, which if you've been a Tigers fan for the last, last X amount of years, it feels like every year we talk about how bad the bullpen is, or you can't get any help from the starting pitching. And from a team whose starting pitching is completely depleted, you don't have it. Erod, you don't have Michael Pineda, you don't have Casey Mize, you don't have Matt Manning. So you are looking to find pitching wherever you can find it. And it just seems like every guy that has been brought into the rotation and with some speed bumps here and there, or every guy that comes out of the bullpen, you have a chance to is to win every single baseball game. And there have been a couple games here and there. I know they got they had Nate spot put up on them. I think last weekend, I'm trying to think what game it was Thursday, maybe um, where the pitching wasn't tremendous Saturday. And that's Is it Saturday the guardians guardians. I think. Yeah. Guardians of the galaxy. Nice. So all in all, I, there's not much more I can ask from the pitching. And if you look at where the Detroit tigers rank amongst the rest of the league, as far as pitching concerned, they're top 10 with, best ERA. I think they're middle of the pack to bottom half of the league in strikeouts, but opponents batting average is 225. They're they're not allowing a ton. It's been really, really good. And what's promising about that to me is taking a look at the bullpen and, and I'm not the biggest Gregory Soto guy in the world. And I, I did make the comment recently to some people that I think when this team is good enough to compete and is in the playoffs, I don't know how comfortable I feel with Gregory Soto being the closer from the standpoint of when you're playing good teams in the playoffs, you can't afford to walk guys. He hits a lot of batters. And when you're, when you're going to fill the bases up and you're not going to be in the playoffs playing games where you're up, you're up for nothing. I mean, you're going to be in one run, two run games or even tie games where I just don't know if I trust him in those spots, but nonetheless, he's been fine. But you look at that back half of the bullpen and, and they love to set up whether it's Jimenez or Fulmer in the eighth and then Soto in the ninth. And you throw Alex Lang in there who has yeah. just had some filthy, filthy stuff. And, you know, yeah. And, and you know, the Chafin's been, been very solid in some spots. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Jacob Barnes is some unbelievable p- pitcher, but Will Vest has been good. It just seems like truly anyone may try out of the bullpen is going to give you a chance to hang in the ball game. Like they, they, they do a good job of stopping the bleeding and getting out of innings. And and like I said, I can't say enough about Alex Lang and you still have to consider the fact that you don't have Kyle Funkhauser, who I think is still a ways away. Jose Cisneros throwing again, which is great. And that's a guy that you can probably insert right back into the eighth inning or put him in that ninth role, ninth inning closer role. And you're just fine. But the starting pitching, Tarek Skubal has been unbelievable. And yeah, for, they for got Orioles, that one right. Listen, if, if, yeah, if all else sure. fails, I mean, they got that one right. And, and I know we had the conversation of you want to look at who is this team's quote unquote ace. And it's like, is it Mize that Skubal? I got to tell you, 
I don't care how good Casey Mize pitches. He he hasn't hasn't shown you anything that that Tarek Skubal shown you. He's so, just not going to be that guy. He's not that guy. Which is which is fine, and maybe it is. Yeah, it's fine. It's I mean Skubal's the guy. It's and that's it's it's great because he really has been a treat to watch. But I I have been very impressed with Alex Fiedo as a guy that you remember the whole Trent the whole speed it up a little. That was one of the guys of like where is he? And sure enough, he gets healthy and they give him a chance up here. And he's been great. Joey Wentz had a really, really bad outing his first his first major league appearance, but he comes back and actually held himself together pretty well. Um, Bo Bereski, who I, I don't, you know, I don't exactly know how much stock the Tigers have in him. I know I don't necessarily see him as a guy that's going to be holding a starting rotation role for this team in the next couple of years. I'd love to see him out of the bullpen, but you know, he's he's been okay. He he finds a way to settle in, but. Um, just just talk about a team that's been completely depleted with injuries, and it just seems like every day. I was at the game when Alvin Rodriguez starts cramping up. He comes out while he's warming up, like you know, Pineda breaks his finger or whatever it is, so they just can't catch a break. But nonetheless, they've held it together. And I don't want to I don't want to move off of the pitching. If you guys have something to say, but I kind of just want to. I want to shed some more light onto where my where my grief is with this team and, and some of the stronger thoughts that I have before I turn it over to you guys, before we really get going. No, Rabs, I think that was, I think that was very well said about the pitching. I don't think there's much more we could even add. Like, yeah, that's been the strength of the team. It's just the fact they can't get any run support. They can't string together runs. And I think that's kind of what you're leading into here. 100%. And, and I am going to try my best to, to keep my cool on this because look, I, I, we all watch so many games and in baseball, especially at like, let's look at this from a, from a macro level of trying to grow the game and keep people interested when your team can't hit and they can't score runs. It's very, very hard to stay interested in the game. And, and we are talking about a team in the Detroit Tigers that is batting 223 as a team. I believe that's bottom three in the league. As I pull up the stats here, they're 28th out of 30 teams in team batting average. The, the more pressing issue to me, in my opinion, that I think tells a lot of the story, they are, I think, dead last or second to last in slugging percentage at 328. Their strikeouts, they're about middle of the pack. So I, I guess that was, I, I was surprised to see that. But the OPS, I think, is also dead last at, at, at 611, or it's right there at the bottom with the Oakland Athletics. Um, home runs dead last in the league. And I believe they have what 30, I got to find this number 30 dead last. Um, what else do they have? I think hits is down there. The, the bottom line is the hitting as a whole has been abysmal and I'll, I'll save my breath a bit. Cause I want to, I want to let you guys jump in here about where I think the problems are. I'm not just only going to bring you problems. I'm going to give you some things that I think, can be the solution to, 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 to what's going on, but it, it has been really, really tough to watch and truly infuriating to the point where I find myself coming right back to this whole Alavila making these trades, putting this lineup together and, and how truly poor it is. And just really sitting here almost panicked of like, what does this team have to build off of? What, how many everyday players do you actually have on this roster? And I, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys for the time being, if you guys want to keep rolling with this so I can 
kind of collect my thoughts here and, and figure out my angle of approach of, of what I think the major problems are, what, what my gripes are with this team and, and ultimately how I think it, it should be solved from a guy that obviously has, has never played professional baseball. So I'll do my armchair GM and manager thing. But if you guys want to jump in here and, and give your thoughts on what you've seen over the last couple of weeks, or I guess the whole season with this team. Oh, I mean, the last couple of weeks, pitching's been great. I think about the bullpen. I think the bullpen numbers are a little – If I, I don't want to be, like, unfair because they've been awesome. I honestly think the bullpen numbers have been a little inflated. I just have been in so many games where it's a four to nothing and the game's over. And, and I'm not saying those outs are easy to get, but I no, a lot of non-pressure innings for this bullpen. That's and fair. It, it, I – I still think it's really good. And well, that's a good perspective, Collins. That's a good no, I, two, I, two I, runs I is eight runs. Like you score two against the Tigers, it might as well be 10 nothing. Yeah. Well, what's it called? I, I mean, they've kind of turned around the last week, but um, just going off the pitching thing, I really like a lot of the bullpen pieces. Soto, I think it's like your fourth best guy in the bullpen right now, which is wild to say. And he's been pretty good. He's been good. Um, His secondary pitches have just not come along. Point blank, like he only throws. Yeah, a fastball. and it, you know what? We're at the point too, Collins. I'm glad you brought that up because we're at the point now where it's like two and a half years of that shit. Like we know well, he it, can only it, throw fastball. I mean, it still works if he locates his fastball. It will be fine. Right, but and we've also seen. Fine. Yeah, and, and like to your point, we've also seen the Greg Soto game where he walks the first two batters and he gets yanked. So it's just yeah, yeah. It, 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 had it, a couple it awful. Couple awful outings, but he's been fine. Like, no, I if the Tigers good. have a two run lead, I am confident in Greg Soto. If they have a one run lead, I am not at all. It's one of those situations, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, he's just an every other night guy, but I, I trust him still. Um, Will Vest just got back off the IL. There was a little bit where I was like, is Will Vest the best bullpen in this, like, best bullpen? But he is, it's like fastball has been insane. That kickback lane has been awesome. He really has been, like Rav said. Um, Fulmer had his struggles there for a little bit. I think he's kind of coming out of it. Is he? Did they put him on IL? Fulmer? No, maybe I. Maybe I. I hope not. I didn't see anything about. Yeah, it. but um, just can't say much about that. And like the starting pitching, like whatever they just they're throwing random guys out there. Fayedo, he's been nice, but um, I think the main takeaway for me in this whole season is. People wanted to buy themselves saying on Javi Baez, and I was one of them. And I'm not saying he's not going to turn around because he is. He's going to go on a little bit of a tear. That's just what he does, and he's too good of a player not to do that. But the reason why people are so upset that they basically settled for Javi Baez instead of getting a guy like Carlos Correa is he's a non-competitive player at the plate a lot. And basically takes off at bats, and that's the guy you're paying what 160 mil or is it 140? Either way, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's it's a yeah, lot. It's just like I think that's been the story, and from that coming, he didn't play the last two days. They basically benched him for Harold Castro, who's been playing great and has weirdly shown some extra base power. Yeah, well, he's hitting the weeks. ball. That's the thing. He's hitting the ball. He's just a positionless guy. It's like, what the hell do we do with him? We need his bat in the lineup. And like no, for said. sure, yeah. yeah it's it, no, it's weird. I agree with you, Collins. It's a weird deal. He's been great. Um, Willie Castro has kind of made a name for himself here. With the I want to say, I want to say this about Willie Castro. 
I am and not an outfielder, so they're no, going to have to figure that out. No, no, that's okay. That's not what I was going to say. I have a positive thing. I, I guess a semi-positive thing about Willie Castro, number nine, shout out. This guy, and I wish this podcast was being recorded two weeks ago because I think two weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago, whatever, he was hitting 300. And I was, I mean, I watch every game, obviously, just like you guys do. And it's like I had never seen so many bloop singles or just like weird plays like half swing bunts that go like dude meadows i think right. meadows has been like 340 and all of them were bloops so, so. yeah well meadows yeah that meadows just kind of pokes it around i'm i'm willie cash i'm telling you willie castro literally hits it a hundred feet in the air and it drops right behind the shortstop and it just i, I i'm telling you like two and a half weeks it, it's not a big deal i'm just saying i had never seen so many bloop singles in, in one like seven eight game stretch than i did with Willie castro that's all and he was hitting like 300 he was like hitting for average it was just it was all he's still in like 280 i like yeah. what his he's changed his approach he's definitely shortened up it's not as long um i actually like that they put him in the leadoff spot the last couple of days i think he is a good fit for that spot because he's aggressive at the plate and uh i think this offense needs a little aggression honestly because i i think a lot of the guys and and torque is kind of kind of like there's a lot of good things that's happened in the last like ten days. Yeah, torque's up to two hundred now, right? Yeah, but I mean, like he's kind of battled himself out of that. Yeah, that's stretch. an improvement. That's an improvement for sure. But the biggest positive is that the Tigers are actually going to start to get healthy here in the next two weeks, and, and they're back to ten games under five hundred. So we'll see. Well, I this like guys like we said three weeks ago, like I've maintained. Like the season, it, it's like physically, statistically, it's impossible for to be over. Like at this sure, it could be over in like two weeks in June if this team falls off. They have a tough series with the Yankees this weekend. Say they lose like four out of ten, and and you put yourself in another hole like that, then you're like, okay, I'm kind of done on this. They've had a nice little stretch here. They still have a ton of games in the division. Like Rav said, the division's not that great. There's more wildcard teams. If you get to 500, you're going to give yourself an opportunity to make the playoffs. Um, I'm not going there, but overall, this team, if they just are able to score like four or five runs, they're going to win games. The pitching's been good. And it put out there. Like, they they paid a ton of money for Erod. He hasn't been great. Like, Fayedo, it seems like Fayedo has given them a quality start every time he's thrown out there. Dude, I, I, wanted, I wanted to ask – I didn't think we were going to see him in the major leagues. I didn't even know who Bo Brisky was before this year. And he's been – I know Bo Brisky the first three innings, it's basically like batting practice. But other than that, he gives <laughs> he gives you good innings. So, like, I'm, the pitching's been great, and it's wild because it, the pitching is abs- – I've never seen a starting rotation devastated and just decimated like it has been. Like, Matt Manning, it looks like he's done for the year. Which I don't sucks. That, I, when, I, when I heard that, I was like – that was yeah, just I don't, I, that I was a kick to the balls, man. I oh, I because Matt Manning is my personal favorite of the three. I'm not saying he's better than me. I'm just saying he, I like his stuff because I think he has maybe the highest ceiling. But Scooble's been great. But I'm just you know what Matt Manning being out for the year is just a kick to the ball. I, it, they haven't announced it. They said it definitely, but I think he's well, right. But I, yeah, I would just, assume Mize looking like that. It seems like Mize isn't coming back. Um. So I'm also I'm actually shocked that they're keeping him on the DL and not making a decision with surgery. But I, I I don't know. I just 
I think the biggest positive is this team has kind of started to wake up and play competitive baseball here in the last 10 days. But I'm also, I said this earlier, and I've been talking a while, just been talking in a circle. I said this to Rabs. Like, this isn't the Twins team that has been playing the entire year. Like, Byron Brutson is clearly, like, banged up. Carlos Correa didn't play at all this series. They didn't see Sonny Gray. He's on the IL. Um, and I, I agree with Rabs. I don't think the Twins are world beaters. They were playing really good baseball to start the year. But they played them. I, I mean, the Guardians aren't that good. So, I, I think this weekend, if they go get two out of three in New York, then I think it's, like, realistic for yourself to be like, okay, I'm bought back in because at the beginning of the year we were bought in. You're like, this team's going to compete for like a wild card or like have an opportunity to just compete in the division. If they get two out of three of the Yankees this year, I'm personally fine with anyone being like, you know what? I like this team. I I, I think this team can make some noise over the next like 90 games. And especially when they get healthy and the bats, the bats haven't even woken up yet. Just Jonathan Scopes bat has woken up. Yeah, dude. I think, I think coming into today's game, by the way, today's game, I substitute taught and I put the game on for my kids and they, it, it was second graders. It was so funny. These kids like Eric Haas would like obviously foul a ball off and they're going nuts because they just see contact off the bat. It was great. Puts things into perspective for you. Sports are awesome. But going into today's game, I think Jonathan Scope was responsible for seven of the last 10 Tigers runs. So, yes, you're right, Collins. Jonathan Scope has come alive, even though his average still looks terrible. I mean, like, he's had a good series and a half here. I hope he can keep it rolling against the Yankees. You're right. Nailed it. And other than that, I've got nothing. I got no, like, burning questions. I got no hot takes about the Tigers right now. Rabs, do you? You're shaking your head. So, I want to have an open and honest conversation here. And the – my gripe with this team and the things I'm about to say might rub some people the wrong way. I'm not, I'm not here to argue. I'm just here to give you my opinion and my thoughts on the organization. You're a lover. This, You're not a fighter. You're is. a lover. Right. And I, and my hope is that this, this might be a soapbox ordeal for me. And I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to get through this because I need to get it off my chest and then we can, we can kick it around. We'll, we'll throw the rock around. So to me, I am not a fan whatsoever of the way that AJ Hinge manages this lineup. And for a couple different reasons, this whole like positionless baseball of, I don't, I don't know what goes into AJ Hinge's brain of making the lineups of does he literally just plug his players into like a video game and press like the ask Madden button. And it just spits out a lineup out of this, out of this printer and that I don't I don't know. But in my opinion, I don't think AJ Hinge puts the best lineup on the field every on any given day. I really don't. And the thing that I get frustrated with looking at this team in its totality is this is a team that has been trying to rebuild. And of course, as we define rebuild of acquire using your assets, your expiring assets to acquire draft picks or not so much in the MLB, but acquiring young prospects to you then develop in your minor league system, hopefully through an expedited process, you bring them up to the major league baseball and you use your young players who hopefully perform well that you acquire through trades, through free agency, through the draft. 
and you hope that they develop to the point where you are playing meaningful, competitive playoff championship baseball with a young, solid core that can carry you for the next five to eight to 10 years, right? So with that in mind, we still have these conversations and we're looking at these pieces on the roster of your Jonathan scopes of your Robbie Grossman's. And I'll get to the whole Grossman thing, but what I have a hard time with is when innings are being taken away from these young players that I think deserve them. Oh and my, my God, here my, we go. Well, the whole, the whole argument, the whole basis of my argument, the is list, that you got to give this, the list, this team, if you say Taz Cameron needs innings, I won't. I just will leave the podcast. This, this team is not a good baseball team. Can we agree on that? Yes. This is not a – this is probably no, they're not, not – they're not good. This they is not, probably they've... not a – it's not a playoff team that's not going to be competing for I think, a World okay. Series. I think there's some not, matter of perspective right. there. I No, you're right, but I think there's some matter uh, of – they're hurt. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. Keep going. Okay, keep going. but it's it's not a good baseball team. Correct. And, and I will be the first one to admit. I don't think they're to you, bad though. Is that fair? That's fair. Well, statistically at the plate, they are terrible. In comparison, also, to the the, but yes, the pitching. So it, they've it, only it, played a quarter of the season. So sure, I, sure. So, admittedly, coming into this season. I was one of the guys, and I think we all were kind of at that point of like, okay, I think we said the words, the rebuild is over. It we is. are confident enough in the group of players that they have that they can then go out and go forward and compete with this group and maybe compete for the top of the central. I have money on them to make the playoffs, which I don't think they will. And, and now we can move forward with this. Okay. So you've now played 50 games. You're 21 and 30 up until this last week, this last stretch of 10 games, it has been a miserable, miserable team to watch. And in my opinion, when you are that miserable of a team and you don't have any really signs of life of this team's going to make the playoffs and compete, I would just like to ask AJ Hinch why it is that he insists on every single day. Robbie Grossman gets to play. Jonathan Scope gets to play. We see Eric Haas in left field with all the young talent that they have. And whether you think they're great or you think they suck is completely irrelevant in my argument. Because well, it's, the irre- it's irrelevant. Is, it's irrelevant because of the position they're in right it, now. You're arguing. Well, it's irrelevant because they got nothing to lose right now because they're already correct. 10 games below 500. They, they have nothing to lose. And all I t- just tell me the guys you're talking about because then we'll have this conversation. All, all I all I would like from this team is to be able to see the younger guys on this team get at bats and get Ooh. playing time. I would like to see Harold Castro should be He's playing every bats. single day. This is the first Raps, week. Make the point that you need to make is Harold Castro. Oh Harold Castro getting pinch hit for was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Correct. That was a That's, that was bad. Yes. Okay. So I, I understand what you're saying. Get to that. But the I, I on a large portion, a lot of the guys that won in this lineup are hurt, and I get <laughs> and they've been hurt for like three weeks. Like Meadows is a, a guy and. And Rabs, I already know what you're going to say. When this when this outfield gets crowded again, what do you do with Willie Castro? 
Guess what? You fucking play him. He's hitting like 290. I know okay. that it's that hard. So, Rabs, I now want you to give the list because the I, only the I only reason I the only reason I want you to give the list is because Collins. That's a fantastic I've heard this point. argument like thirty and times. I know I, know. I know. I know. Everyone so, to slow down. Everyone needs to slow down. I, I Collins is getting worked up. This I because I hear this to, argument every time we talk. About I'm just trying. <laughs> I'm just trying to talk through it from my perspective. This has been the first week all season that Harold Castro has been given. Cons- I've been saying this about Harold Castro for two years. He can hit. He's a real hitter, dude. He's batting what? Where is that? He's batting 316 with an OPS of 859. He's a real hitter. And as Colin said, now the power's there too. He's hitting home runs. He's hitting deep doubles. So that to me, is a guy that should be playing every single day, no matter what, until Harold Castro is is performing at the level of his teammates, which are batting 189, 198, 203, 197, 173. Until Harold Castro regresses to the mean, he should be playing every single day. Well, Rabs, do you do you have the batting averages up right now? I, I do have them. I do. Is he, is he the only one who's above 300? Yes, he is. And Miggy's okay. right there at 286 is the next next highest Dude, guy. Mig- Miggy, Castro's guy we haven't mentioned yet. He's been phenomenal yeah. lately. Shout out, Miggy. Yes. Castro's heavy batting like 280. Willie Castro's batting 275. So in my opinion, back to the whole lineup thing, Willie Castro, Harold, on a team that's not hitting the baseball, when you find guys that are hitting, they need to play every single day and the two guys that jump off the page to me as of today are Harold and Willie Castro now granted AJ Hinch hats off to you my friend they've been in the lineup the last week I know it's like pulling teeth to get them there now the problem we're having because you brought it up Trent and it's a perfect point of this like positionless Willie Castro is not an outfielder Harold Castro is not an outfielder. Do you want me to give you the list, Trent? Is that why your hand's up? No, my hand is up because I think what Collins is saying is if you are going to – and I'm going to say this because I'm with you on this. If you're going to bitch about the outfield, then we can't complain when these guys are in the lineup that you want in the lineup in the outfield. No, they're not outfielders. You're saying you just contradicted your point. That's what I'm saying. I think it's a little contradictory. A little you're not they're gonna play bias and stroke every day. It doesn't matter. Yeah so you want you want Harold and Willie in the lineup. Like, do you want Jamer out of the lineup? Which I'd be I would love Jamer out of the lineup for right now. That's fine play third. Yeah that's fine. Then you're I I agree with you but when you're you're right. Those guys aren't outfielder, but if you want to get them at bats, they're gonna to have to play in the outfield. Which I and and trust me, I get it. And I I I just think that I think that Harold and Willie are they're not outfielders. So yes, they need to get at bats. I would love to see Harold play third, and he's not even a good third baseman. So that's that's the problem we have with those guys. Is like where do you play them? Because defense matters. Now my my biggest point in all of this is the way that A.J. Hinch manages this team. And and I know for whatever reason, Ryan Collins' favorite player in Major League Baseball is Robbie Grossman. Is it? Can we shake Bob's hand now and let him go? For a guy that's batting 199, 
Okay. Now we're on the same page. Collins doesn't no, 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 love. No, 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 listen, no. Rabs, we can't be unfair. Okay, no, 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 no. You're, you're no. Rabs' point for a year and a half was Robbie Grossman is not that good of a player, and <laughs> we should be giving looks to Daz Cameron, who has shown like zero point zero percent of major league Rabs, ability. This is the opportune game, moment. Today. This is the opportune moment to give the list. Give the list. So here's the list. No, here's I did, the list. no, no, no. <laughs> Let me finish what because Rabs ahead, is the point ahead. on Grossman. It, the entire time is if we're trying to win out, Robbie Grossman was the best, one of their best players last year and a half. And the last month he has sucked. And guess what? When Riley Green and Meadows are in the lineup, guess what, Robbie Grossman? You're not going to play every day. I'm fine with that. That was never the argument from Rabs. That was never the argument from Rabs. I'm fine with them dealing him. I think it's a perfect time to trade him. He's banged up. The outfield's gotten crowded. I want Meadows and Green out there every single day, and I'm fine sprinkling in Hill and Badu when they get back. So that I'm fine with that, Rabs. But when Grossman's hitting 270 or hitting 240, he'll never do it again. Hitting 20 home runs last year, it didn't make any sense why you wanted him out of town. It didn't make any sense. Guess what? The ball's dead, and he can't hit for any power. And guess what? His average is at shit right now. They have no use for him. He's an older player who gives another team value. I agree with you. Your argument for the last year and a half, though, is just incorrect, and it was incorrect. Bob Grossman had a career year last year. He'll never hit above 200 ever again. My point in that, Colin, my point in all of that with Bob Grossman was the fact that on a team that's not good – I don't care that Robbie okay, Grossman is batting we're, 270. We're not, we're not doing this. Here's Rob. the list. Ready for the list, Trent? Do you want the list, Trent? I, I do. I've been begging for the list for the last 15 minutes. When when the Detroit Tigers are at full health, at full capacity, I'm going to give you the list of guys that play outfield for this team. Are you ready? Trent, are you counting on your hands for me? I will count. I will also say, Rabs, we have to assume – yeah, we're I, okay. We're getting upset about something that might not even happen because, yeah, like, to, happen. to Collins's point, AJ Hinch and Alavila, who also sucks, might deal Grossman in the next, you know, two weeks, which is fine. But we don't I know. I want you to tell me. Well, the list. Yes, really go ahead. Give the it. list. The listeners are dying. Give the list. Here's the list. Trent, I want you to tell me in a baseball game how many players play in the outfield at one given time. Three. Thank you. Here's the list of outfielders for the Detroit Tigers. Are you ready? Correct. Robbie Grossman, Riley Green. Austin Meadows, Willie Castro, Harold Castro, Victor Reyes, Derek Hill, Daz Cameron, Eric Haas, for some reason, Cody Clemens, for some reason, and Akil okay. Badu. Are you saying guys who only play the outfield or get reps in the outfield? I'm saying guys that take up innings in the outfield. That's Those 11, all Steve. The guys that That's 11. That's 11. Well, so without, without me being, I don't want, I'm not trying to be an ass about this Collins. And I don't want, I don't like how Collins is irritated. I get it. I am irritated. Just we've had the same argument and you act like Robbie Grossman. You had a three vain. bad weeks. It doesn't, it, you're, you act like the whole point's been validated. Hey, Collins, it doesn't Collins, have to do Collins. with Robbie Grossman anymore, but my I want to, I want to tell, I want to tell Collins the same page. I want to tell Collins this because he wasn't on the call yet. When this conversation occurred. Before we started recording, my brother Brock mentioned to Rabs that he loves the Robbie Grossman conversations because, like, 
Next to Matthew Stafford, Robbie Grossman has been talked about probably the most on this podcast all time in five years. This no longer has to do with Bob Grossman. What it has to do with is that when the when the when the outfield is totally healthy, we would agree that Riley Green has to play every day. Yes, no, listen, really grabs, grabs. Here's where you're here's where you jump the gun a tiny bit because you're painting Collins as the bad guy as saying like he is against that. Collins no, I'm not, I'm not painting him as anything. I'm not That's painting what him I'm as saying. anything. No, Collins wants Riley Green to play. We're Collins all on the saying. same page there. Yes, we are. I know there's no there's no one against. I'm just explaining to you my thought process. I'm glad that you guys agree. What I'm saying is, is when the lineup is fully healthy, do we agree that Riley Green has to play every day? Absolutely. Yes. And Austin Meadows has to play every day. Yes. So you have one more outfield spot that you have to try to squeeze, whether it's Harold or Willie or Daz or Victor and Collins well, hates I- Victor Reyes. But I, but it's it's to me, it's about giving. You have to give these guys a chance and what you have done, what you have done with having Robbie Grossman here, who Collins agrees with me is not a part of the picture anymore, which is great, but he's there and has taken up innings and you went out in full court pressed for Austin Meadows, who in hindsight, while yes, I was pumped up about the trade because he's a great player. I don't care that he's had vertigo or whiplash. It sucks. He'll be back. He'll be fine. And he's a good player. But with all the guys I just named, it, it to, I don't think that you need to make that trade because Alavila okay, got a boner okay, okay. and thought the team was going to compete <laughs> and go win a World Series. So he the- made that trade because Al- Riley Green got hurt. I will say that. Wait, we I have a will- hundred outfielders, Trent. And now, you, and now I got to How many of them are good? I don't. I, I We don't know because they don't get a chance to play. No one gets a chance to play because <laughs> yes, there's a thousand guys out there. You had to listen. We just cracked. We just cracked. That's it. We got to be done. I just want the guys to play. I know you can't do it. I'm frustrated. I no, don't no, no. know I, what the answer Rams, is. I, Rams, I, I, I'm fine with Harold Castro playing. Take all of Jamer's innings. Take some of Torque's innings. I don't think Torque has to play every single day. I agree. It's a great comment. I agree. So, like, but when we talk about the outfield, I, I personally. And guess what? I, I agree with you at this point, it, especially if you're going to have Green and Meadows back healthy and it, that center field position, you can't throw out there. He's not great now, fielder. I don't know what they're going to do with Riley Green. I think they said they want to play him in center. I doubt they do that right off the bat, alpha broken foot. Um, So play Hill there or whatever. You're mid to match. But when I looked at the sign, like, I'm, I, I would rather have Robbie Grossman than Dare Tell. I'm sorry, I would. I don't. I, I Derek oh Hill. My. No, he Derek Hill provides like a nice little like substitute thing. Robbie Grossman, the fastest player on the team. Yeah, I get that, and I like Derek Hill, and I think there's a future spot for him on this roster. But I'm just that's a spade a spade. Daz Cameron has proven like has not proven that he's a major league baseball player, and he has gotten opportunities. Don't tell me he hasn't gotten opportunities. Dude, he's had 41 at bats this year. He that's played it. on the team last year for like a month. But do, I, I, I just, that's where I, he's hitting like 180, dude. He has hit a home run today. I won you the game. I, good for him. And I think he has a good approach. He's clearly needs to get bigger for him to be consistent at the plate. And I, and 
It's not like he's a defensive ace either. Victor Reyes, I actually think Victor Reyes, what he showed you this year, is bad to himself from two years ago. I actually Thank think you. Victor Reyes should get a share of center field. Akil Badu, I don't know what's going on with him. I want to give seriously, yeah, yeah, seriously. he's got what's up with that? Man. I want to give him another chance too. I, I, I'm fine with all that, but like you act like some of these, like Derek Hill is not a superstar. He doesn't need any. I'm sorry. I know, but but he he is the fastest guy on the team, and I, he, I, he, Rabs, he catches I get every that, ball in center. That matters. And when you say that you it, would it, rather it really have, doesn't matter that much. I'm sorry. It doesn't. It doesn't. To, play it doesn't. De- <laughs> to play defense? Yeah, if, hey, we're, listen, if listen, Riley Green is about. your everyday center fielder, Rabs. That's the and thing. Riley Green Here's the thing, Rab, it, Rab, it, it, I want your I opinion. I would like to have a Derek Hill on the roster. I think when this roster thins out, there's a good spot for him on this roster. But at the turn construction of this team, I think Derek Hill's going down. Obviously, Cody Clemens is going down. Daz Cameron's obviously going down. And then, boom, you got those three guys in the outfield. That's what's going to happen. Here's what it, Listen, this is my That's last thing. Happen. This is my last thing. Really at third, and they're going to try and play Harold at first more. And I bet, and I, and I honestly wouldn't be sure if Javi gets a lot of days off, which I would be fine with right now, because he has not competitive at bats. I would be shocked if that happens, but I hear what you're saying. I understand the point, the, 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 the precipice, if that's a word, here's what I want to say. And Rabs, I want your thoughts on this because I think Collins would have maybe I don't think agree. Anyone with watch my thoughts on no, anything. I, I, I want to, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I want I'm your like thoughts. I I'm literally, I literally feel like I'm the Joker of like, I thought that my life was a tragedy, but it's a comedy. No one, no, no one cares what I have to say anymore. Here's the no thing. All it. I want to say, this is my last Tigers point. Then I'll shut the fuck up. I'll let whatever we want to do. We can do whatever. Here's my thing. In my perfect world, in my perfect world, come 4th of July, when I'm up in Ludington, my favorite place on earth, and I'm watching the Detroit Tigers play. You know what the outfield is? It's Riley Green in center. It's Austin Meadows in left. And it's Akil Badu and right. And that's honest to God what I think. And oh, Rabs, I, if, you, if you love Derek Hill, if you love Victor Reyes, that's fine. Keep them up. No reason for Clemens to be up. No real reason for you know half these guys. There's no reason for Castro to get either Castro to get innings out there. That's just my opinion. And well, I just want I, your guys' thoughts on that. I think Akil Badu had the – I yet, don't think Badu has gotta, earned – I don't think Badu at this point of his career – he had a really nice year, whatever. That's fair. Like, well, Collins, you're a Toledo insider. He was he until he gets healthy, until he's back. I mean, he got sent down not because he was hurt. He got sent down because he was struggling. Right. So, Collins, I, you're 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 a Toledo Mudhens insider. Do you have any? No, info? no, no. no. I, 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 Willie Castro is going to play every day if he looks like this at the plate, point blank. And Harold Castro should play every day. I agree with that. And you got to find places to play him. I don't think this outfield problem is as big of a problem as we say. Like, if Robbie Dorsen doesn't play, he doesn't play. I don't think it's that big of a deal either. No, you know Collins, I mean? you're like right. Have, have to play him. But I, I, I honestly, and I get what Rab says. You would like to see guys get more at-bats. But I think that, like, I think it's a positive that you have a crowded outfield. It's not that big of a negative. No, like, at the it, end it, of the it, day, Collins, I agree with you because it's like, how many of them are actually good? And I get Rabs' point. I said this a year ago know. that trade A's was going to get traded. Like, you correct it, about it. These Can guys you imagine how much more complicated and heated this conversation would be if Isak Paredes was still in the mix? No, it wouldn't because he would play third base for Jamer. 
He would be playing third base yeah, every day, Rams, and you would have we, one less guy in the no, outfield to worry about. You actually, you actually think you'd be playing every day over Jerry Miller? Maybe not right now, but he would be getting innings the same way that Harold and Willie get innings, and he'd be playing third or short or second. Which, like we talk about Jonathan Scope, another guy who's had a great career. He's had a great eight to ten year career. Okay, I, he was great Rams, for the Tigers last where... year. It's time to move on. I don't when they're not good. Why? What does Jonathan he's be great? Jonathan Scope has been great. Rams, that's Alavila. He just extended him. We're we're tied. I, I know, but God, I just look, look, I clearly I don't clearly, under they're trying to yet. win. <laughs> They're trying to win. They okay, suck. Grabs, I'm, I'm getting off this thing. If you don't, if you just, just you know, said it's got to, it's got to wrap up. It's got no, to no, wrap no. up. I, this Listen, we haven't, point. we haven't talked in a month. So obviously I'm about we're to all, this will be the last, I, I really last point I, I make. Okay. This go is Kyle. the last one I made. Rebs, just because they've been bad this year, doesn't change the fact that they were trying to win out of this off season. Is that true? Yeah. That's all, true. I know that, that is true. That that's why they signed scope. They didn't. They and I'm sorry. Like they don't have a middle infielder guy in the system currently that should have taken their spot. And Isak Pereira, as as much as I I liked Isak, I think he's having a nice career in the major leagues. Like you saw him hit three home runs and it's the Tigers. Like I I, I like Paredes, but he's not an everyday guy. And stroke awful start. He's now carrying your offense. He's gonna end yes. up hitting two thirty. Yes. That's the he's thing. He's gonna end up hitting two thirty and whatever. He's in like a big lead player. He's you know yes. what you're getting out of him, and that's what the Tigers paid him to do because they expected the the guys like Baez and and, and other guys to step up. They didn't think Badu was going to be a complete non-factor this like right. They, yes, they set Alan. themselves up to win this year, and guess what? It's gone to shit, which is still Alavila's fault. But it doesn't but, change. But a the lot fact of it's that, out of their control. I hear no, you but it going. doesn't change the fact how Hinch is going to manage this team at this point of the year when it's they're not completely dead. They're not like fifteen games out of the wild card. Right, and hindsight is always like they're still going to play these guys this point of the year. Ravs, if it's game, if it's game one hundred and they're ten and fifteen games out, and this is still the same lineup, I think you have a. I just don't think you have a gripe at this point of the year. I truly don't. All right. Well, my brother Brock wants me to tell you that we are we are reportedly about six and a half back from the wild card. Does that sound correct? Five and a half. Five and yeah, a half. But we're back like behind ten teams. So the <laughs> so the Tigers are still in it. Okay, we got to wrap that. Listen, the thing is, is the the problem is, is when you get three I wasn't guys even close to done. I'm not even close to done with the Tigers. Have we been going for that long? Is that really how long we've been I going mean, it's, for? It's, it's now twelve oh four. I think we we started about an hour and twenty minutes ago. Rabs, what do you want to say? Go for it. But I I just I and maybe I'm just talking in circles at this point, and it's clear that neither of you guys get it. Neither of you guys are on the same page as me. Don't say that because you want to take that. you you want to take because Daz Cameron's had fifty at bats. He's batting 195. We don't want to let him play ever, right? And Akil Badu's Akil Badu gets 50 at bats and he's batting 140. Yes, he looked horrible, but you want to send him down. Granted, he's been hurt and he has been hitting well. Fine. But when Victor Reyes gets healthy, like we keep having this conversation of, well, we don't really know who's actually good. They don't get a chance to play every Rams, day. Rams. And my problem with a, no, 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 don't rabs me. Okay. The, my problem with AJ Hinch is that when he was managing the Astros, it was the same 
fucking lineup every day. Bregman at third, Correa at short, Altuve at second, uh, Gurriel at first, Marisnik in the outfield, Springer. It was the same lineup every day because Alex Bregman is a third baseman. He's not a third baseman and a left fielder. Well, sometimes he can catch. Oh, we'll put him in right field against the lefties. Carlos Correa is a shortstop. Not Well, he can play short or third, but the sun's out today, so he can play center. That's not how the team was managed. This positionless, analytic bullshit where Daz Cameron has to look over his shoulder every day and pray to God that as a 22, 23-year-old kid who was a first-round draft pick, he has to pray that he gets a chance to prove himself more than two days in a row because he's got to worry about the other 10. He's got to worry about Eric Haas getting time in left field for what? For as a charity act? And I'm sick and tired of it. And Alavila, all these trades he's made, you want to you wanna send Daz Cameron down? Great. You fucking traded Justin Verlander, who's going to win the goddamn Cy Young again this year. You traded him away for Daz Cameron, and you want to send his ass back down to AAA at 22, 23 years old because you got to trot Robbie Grossman out there every day. He's a good guy in the locker room, and he's 30 years old, and he bats 199 because he's he better gets on than base. Daz Cameron. Fuck that at 23 years old for a team that's nine games under 500. Play the young guys. Play the young guys or trade them all and get someone that's good. Don't give me the, well, Jonathan Scope, he's a real pro. Fuck that. He, he, the, the, there's a million guys. Rams. How many at-bats do you think Taz Cameron's had in his major league career? Maybe 100. I would say maybe 100. He's had 200 at-bats <laughs> in major league baseball. He had, he's had <laughs> 41 this year. Listen. Rams, I hear you. I like his approach. I eventually think he'll be in the big leads. But there's a reason that there's been outfielders in this organization that has jumped him. They're just better than him. Riley Green and Akil Badu have jumped Daz Cameron. And How guess has what? Riley Green hasn't played a single major league game. Akil Badu played for one year. Rams, you understand year this. You know this. Bag. this. This is to your point. This is to your point of the depth of the outfield. And I think the disconnect here is uh, that. Rams, I'm being honest with you. Do I actually think Daz Cameron is a guy who can contribute on this team long term? I would Did, like to give him a chance. He okay, was a first-round draft pick. You traded Justin Verlander for him. Let him play. Do you? How do you think? Can I ask you guys, as as guys that played sports, how do you think the Victor Reyes's and the Derek Hills and the Daz Camerons of the world and the Akil Badus feel that every single day that they go out there and play, they know there's a good chance that they're not in the lineup again the next day because we got to give Eric Haas a chance and left or now Cody Clemens has to get a chance and left are you kidding me yeah they, they it, feel it, shitty from a, Steve from, a, from, a men, from a mentality standpoint of you trying to be a professional and start your career you don't have a lick you don't have a fucking chance on this team to play in the outfield if your name's not Austin Meadows Riley Green or Robbie Grossman I would if I'm Derek Hill Daz Cameron Victor Reyes both Castros I'm in Alavila's office tomorrow saying if you're not going to Fucking trade, you're not gonna let me play. If you're, you not gonna, to play. if you're not gonna let me play more than two days in a row without me being sat, then trade me to a team who will because those I guys do. have value. I... And we have this conversation about well, 
He's not that good. You're going to tell me after 200 at-bats at Daz yeah, Cameron, I'm gonna tell you, he's 23 not years old, he's not that good? Fine. Then trade him somewhere else. That's and fine, Verlander trade, Rebs, Verlander that's, trade looks better and better, right? That's, that's who we got. Uh, that's guy, Daz Cameron. Move on. Rebs, that's – guess what? He's just not better than the guys who are playing right now. And guess what? Cody Clemens is up because injuries. A lot of so stuff play is him at short or second, not left. He's not a left fielder. But he's fine. An you want to get Kate Scope out, who's hitting like 400 in the last 10 games? He's not hitting 400. He's hitting like 280. No, it is. It is. It's like, like 400. 400. Yeah, he's got seven of the last 10 runs for the Tigers. RBIs. Like seven dude. RBIs in the last two games. Yes. Great. Games. Phenomenal. I love it. They, they, for, a, for a team that, that, that can't even get on base, it's great. I, I love it. That's fine, guys. Let's, I, I, we can keep I doing it. We can have this saying. conversation five years from now too. We'll be talking about the same thing. They'll bring Jody Mercer back. They'll bring uh, they'll bring Josh Harrison back because those guys are real pros and they get on base and they're going to help this team win. Hey, and when hey. Cody Clemens goes, when Cody Clemens goes to the Yankees and bats three fifty, but oh well, at the time he wasn't going to no. help the team. Hey, Fuck I'll, that. I will Give call my shot right happen. now. I'll Why call do you my think shot right now? Cody Clemens is going to be some all star. Cody Clemens is we not good. Know. He's not good. No, okay, he's not good. Trade him. We'll trade him then, Trent. Let's get rid of him. Let's get Rams. rid of him. He's Collins nailed it. He's, he's 26, and he's finally up because of injuries. He's not good. Collins right. is he's right. Three games. Let's just trade him. He's right. not good, I, though. Guys, Let's trade I, him. So... Get him okay. out. Guys, There's a gotta, reason some we... of these guys have longer leashes, Rabs, because they've seen him with their own eyes. Sprint training, triple A, double A. They know these guys' ceilings. And guess what? Some of them get an opportunity. And by the way, you're acting like Daz has played like one game and then he gets taken out. I'm pretty sure he's played like the last 10 games. I'm just talking about consistent at bats. I, I get that, but basis. that's consistency. You like, and I'm not saying numbers wise. It's like it could be an eye test. It could be like, you know what? He had good swing. Like today, eye test, he went what? One for three. He also hit one like 410 today. In my book, I'm like, you know what? He had two good at bats. Maybe that translates something nuts in the weekend. But other than that, like, he has had really bad swings. He has not been able to catch up to the fastball the way I'd like to see it. And point blank, I just don't think he's a part of the future. Fine, trade him. I draw, uh, Raps, I hear what you're saying that you want to have younger guys. But I think it's a reason for some of these prospects. I just don't think they're that good. And guess what? That's an indictment on Alavila. If you want to, like, towards that, I don't think that's Hitch's fault. If Hinch is like, no, I actually would rather play. That's the, the thing. If we're making a flow chart here, guys, yeah, it's all, arrows I, point, all arrows point back to Al Avila. That's all That's all it is. That's the resolution. Can we move? Like, I, Rabs, do you have any I, I mean, well, I don't think we're I, ever – I don't no, think – I, I don't. And you know no, what? We'll, I just – I, I, you know what? June. Maybe – Maybe I'll go, I'll go sit, I'll go just go sit in the corner and I'll just, I'll talk to, I'll well, talk to myself Rebs, about the problems. I'll talk to Rebs, myself about it. I think it. me Let, and Trent can... are in a different point of where I, and I think, I think the Tigers are trying to win every single game. It doesn't matter like what, like I think Hinch is trying to put up the, I, I, do I like a lot of his lineups? No. Do I like a lot of, of the things he's done? I think Hinch was terrible at the beginning of the season. I'm not saying no. he should be let off the hook, but I think, the difference is you want to be I, – I, I get it. They've been bad, but they've been bad for five years. At some point, you can't just be like, hey, let's play these young – like they've been playing the young guys the past three years. Yeah. Okay. I don't but, know. All I'm, all I'm saying is if you're really going to sit here and tell me for a team that's 21 and 30 that by playing by, – by not playing 
Grossman and not playing Scope and not playing Torque every day to get Harold in the lineup, if you're telling me that team has five wins, I tell you you're wrong. This team is no different. Let's let's take the last three games out of the equation where Jonathan Scope figured out how to hit again. This team has no different of a record if they don't have Austin Meadows and they don't have Scope and they don't have Grossman and they don't have Torque playing every day at first, who I, I'm glad he's starting to hit the ball. That's my whole point. You're, you're not competing for the World Series right now. Jonathan Scope, Robbie Grossman, they don't, they don't make you any closer to winning a World Series than any of the guys you have on your roster that, that can play. And, and that's my point. So if you guys don't see it like that, I suppose that's fine. I, I, I just I, I vehemently just disagree. And, and, and A.J. Hinge, it's, it's, yes, I agree. They're trying to win. Of course they're trying to win. But this lineup that gets put out every day is does not give you the best chance to win. And it's been self-evident through the first 50 games of the season where you can't manufacture runs, you can't get guys on base, you have the worst slugging percentage in the league, you don't hit home runs, you don't do anything. And the Javi Baez thing, yeah, he looks absolutely lost at the plate, but defensively, the guy's worth every penny. Because if you don't have him out there on a team that sucks defensively, then you're losing a couple, a handful more of games than you've already lost. That's the bottom line. And Correct. to say that it doesn't matter in the outfield, the defense doesn't matter in the outfield. Do you remember when Robbie Grossman had a ball head over his head and then he throws the ball? Like, it's like, yeah, but what, Rabs, what are we talking I, about? The defense doesn't matter. Do you guys watch other teams in the league? Yes, I watch you, other teams. You think the Los Rabs, Angeles you're teams? Asking- no, 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 no. Rebs, the argument you made is it's good to have Derek Hill. As a guy who's going to play every, what, like, third day, he's never going to be a starter in this outfield. That was my point. Defense true. does matter. Which and guess what, Rebs? And for them to get Willie Cash and Harold, and they're going to have to play left field, and that's a, a detriment to the defense, but you have to sacrifice that. That's just something you have to do. I agree. Then we should have kept Castellanos then and JD Martinez if that's what we're gonna do. Should have done that. JD Martinez keep them is a good right fielder, so I don't. I, I don't get this argument. Keep I, them that around. Can be sounds good. Hey, you guys are right. Let's keep adding scope second every day. We can keep adding Javi fourth. Javi can bat fourth when Robbie Grossman's healthy. We'll play him every like day and lead him off. Let's do it. Hell yeah, guys. Yeah, Fuck fine. Yeah. Let's start Jazz Cameron at the one. What are we, what are we, we might about? as well because they're no worse okay, with him batting first than they are with Robbie Grossman. Okay, not. and we can move on. I'm yeah. done. I'm well, I'm deflated. Hey, here's the I'm thing. Deflated. I'm, we're all deflated. So are our listeners. We got to move on no matter what. Here's the thing. We got to monitor this. We're gonna come back. We're gonna check in a Whatever. week. We're gonna see what Scopes average is up to. <laughs> we're gonna see what hobbies. Let's extend. Let's extend. Scott, maybe, let's extend. Scott. He's been great. <laughs> That, that, okay, I, and that, he clogs it up too. Mickey's clogging the whole pipeline. Okay, too. that's my point, dude. You don't care. You just want the young guys to play. I correct. I do. Yeah, but they want to win. Rams. That doesn't Winning help teams them win. don't have a bunch of young guys. I think that's really? Collins' they point. They can win with the young guys. They sure, don't. Rams. Yeah, they don't I, Rams, you know what I'm saying. This Tigers team done. is better oh, equipped done. to win that's if Mickey's in the lineup than not. You get what I'm saying. Yeah, I know <laughs> yep, that's great. You know what? Hey, while we're at it, let's give Scott Coolball and Mike Hessman lifelong contracts to his two of the premier hitting coaches 
Mwah. Premier hitting coaches in the league. Let's keep the the Kansas City Royals fired their hitting coach, by the way, they had, like a couple weeks ago. Let's just keep our guys around forever. Fuck yeah, dude. We'll go make all these trades. Let's get all these young prospects. We'll never play them. And then we'll have guys like Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins who tell you, well, he's he's 23 years old and he's had 200 at-bats. And he's just not good. Let's get rid of him. We got to get rid of him. And Cody Clemens is 26. Okay. Get okay. rid of him. Let's do that. You guys are right. Rebs, right on. Nailed it. Rebs. Your argument would be fine if it was Victor Reyes. Say, hey, he hit 300 and he got squeezed out of the lineup last year. Fine, Rabs. I could understand you getting angry at that. Das Cameron is showed literally no spark. So I don't know. I, I don't want to have this conversation. Can we just end the podcast? Yes, it has to be. It has to. We'll revisit. We'll, we will revisit, but it has to end. It has to. It's got to. I assume we're going to shelf a trifecta. I had it written yeah. down, but I'm, I'm going to assume we're going to shelf it. I don't know. I don't know how long I've been going. I'm pissed off to be I'm ending the show pissed. I'm not happy about any of it. That's fine, guys. That's great. <laughs> Give the outro. Let's go to bed. Get out that's of here. That's great. Well, that's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown, where we clearly don't agree on anything anymore. So that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to submit questions, comments, or just topics for the show, tell me why I'm an idiot because I think that the young guys you invested your time in should get a chance to play before getting them kicked out to the curb and having them play behind a guy that hit, that's batting 199. You can let me know on Twitter at Motown underscore rundown. We're also on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page where you can tell me why Javi Baez, who's batting 180 and hasn't made contact with the baseball in two months, continues to bat fourth every day when he's in the lineup. You can let me know about that too. Or you can also tell me why Jamer Candelario deserves to play every day and bat third when he's batting 180 as well. You can do that on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Hey, don't miss a single episode of the show. We're always here. Usually sometimes we take a month off. Sometimes we don't. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Feel free to subscribe, follow us, all that jazz. We appreciate you guys listening. We love you so much. And we'll be right back here five years from now when the Tigers are 20 games under 500 the first quarter of the season. And we're talking about the same exact thing because we don't want to let the young prospects play. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.